Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And we've been talking about what I've noticed in the media... uh, Politicians, people are focusing us on issues that divide us. And we focus on this idea that there's a real ideological divide between the Republicans and the Democrats. And I think among the voters, there is an ideological divide. But I think among the powers at the top, whether it's just politicians in the United States or even more locally or around the world or this power elite or the bankers, the media, I think that really their game is more uh, socialism slash fascism, which are really ultimately, as far as I'm concerned, flip sides of the same coin in that they both end up funneling all the money, power, and really liberties and choice of the people, the the taxpayers, the sovereign citizens, funnel them up to the top, whether it's it's filtered through government actors in the socialist framework or uh, uh, funneled into private enterprises like a kind of fascist framework, which Obamacare is really more of a fascist framework because it's not socialized medicine from the government. It's, uh, it's forcing people to buy insurance from uh, that has public uh, subsidies to it, but from private insurance companies. And that whole um, structure where all of that is funneling up to the top, it's, it, it's unnatural, I think, to the American way. And I was talking to Gary, a caller earlier, who said that too. What, what I see about Europe is a more natural gravitation towards this idea that the power's at the top and you can't get it back. It's hopeless. Uh, or capitalism industri- is the same thing as this globalism, this multinational industrialism. It's going to corrupt your governments. All you can do is scream and yell until your governments give you a little back. But that is not really the American way. And I, and as I started the show an hour ago, I pointed out how the media continually focuses us on this stuff. And I feel like they... They are clearly responsible or whatever the tactic, the tool for getting Americans to move to this alien ideology in that when you look at the media, everyone says, oh, it's left bias. Look at CNN. It's obviously for Democrats. But even if you look at the right, it's kind of left biased. It's it's this big government bias. Look at Rupert Murdoch, who owns Fox and The Wall Street Journal. He uh 
his, the godfather of his child is Tony Blair, who's the UK equivalent of Clinton. I'm... Um, he even had his newspaper support Tony Blair over there. He is not an ideologue like that. He's a guy who likes the money and power to go to the top. And and I feel like there's a lot of manipulation at our level, at the voter level, to see things as still ideologically divided at the top, when in reality, their ideology is closer to each other, which is we want the money and the power, and we'll tell the people whatever they need to hear to uh, get what we want. And I even feel somewhat that the liberty movement, new new as it is, has already been hijacked by the establishment to some extent. I'm going to talk about that later in the show, but now I want to get to some calls. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to James and Decatur. James, you're on with Monica. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Listen, I, I wanted to make a quick point. Whatever happened to the notion of you can't spend more money than you make? Can you help me with that? It seems to me that America is always trying to bail somebody else out when we seemingly have enough issues here that if we were to take take a little better care of home, that perhaps we wouldn't be as deep in with these other folks, probably deeper than we need to be. Am I thinking warped or am I thinking... Well, let me ask you something. Do you see anything... uh, sinister about how the banks always seem to get i mean we're a country that should never have debt if if a country in the history of humanity could pay its own bills it would be us we're so productive we're not at war we really are not like a you know world war ii war with everybody over there and all the money and resources going to that why are we in debt at all it's a structure You know, exactly. that's been imposed on us. Exactly. That's my whole point. I, I don't get the debt thing with America. I just, I don't get it. We're the most powerful, we're the richest nation, the most influential nation on the planet. And I don't get this debt thing. I just think we're in over our heads. We spend more money than we make. You and I both know, you know, when you get a paycheck, you can only go so far, right? So yeah. I, I just don't get it. I, you know, are we that bad managing money? Are we going to leave trillions and trillions of dollars of debt to our children well, and our grandchildren? That, you brought up two excellent points. One is I would take the position that it's actually immoral. It's actually taxation without representation to have debt for your children. They didn't vote for it, and they're the ones exactly. who are going to have to pay it. Exactly. So at the end of the day, we become bad stewards over what we have. I just, you know, I hear it on the... TV news all the time, debt, debt, debt. Now there's China with its financial problems. Of course, the world knows about Greece's problems now. And it's just like, gee whiz, people. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out at the end of the day, while you can get political and preach rhetoric, you can't spend more money than you make. Well, you know what, James? I think it was a setup because Thomas Jefferson had this telling quote. I don't know if you ever heard it. But he said, you got to watch out for the banks and the corporations that rise up around them, or they will make paupers of the children of the people who fought for the freedom of this country. Absolutely. He predicted it. Absolutely. So then they grow up and they've got an albatross around their necks 
that they'll ne- we'll never be able to do. Do you really think the United States will ever be able to balance its budget? <laughs> I think we're not even, I don't even think we're meant to. I think the system is set up exactly the way it's supposed to work with constant funneling of money mm. to to the the banks, the banks who print U.S. money as a debt instrument. Our Treasury doesn't even print the own, their own money. They let the Fed print it, and then they borrow it at interest, if that can't, didn't blow your mind. You know? yeah, and, think and, about you know that. What, and then you know what happens with the interest thing. You know, that's what eats you alive. It, you know, the credit thing is acceptable, but it's like if you don't pay the dag thing off, you know, they start eating your tail up with interest. Yes, it's and I... round robin. I just, it's like, gee whiz. You know, my father taught me, Monica, growing up, you can't and more money than you make. If he preached that once, he preached that 115 days in time. Yep, and I, I actually am sick of debt in my own life. I've finally gotten sick of it, and I might even be able to get out of it in my own finances, but I have no control over this government. They are not going to let that go because they probably are now a tool of the bankers. Thank you so much for the call, James. I'm going to Maurice in Atlanta. Maurice, you're on with Monica. Hey, uh, well, a lot can be said here. Uh, love your show, by the way. Um, the, you know, my basic premise is everybody's acting like uh, that this is a benign system gone awry, whereas my uh, conjecture is that this is all intentional. We live in a debt-based economy. And, uh, you know, the one little thing that I was going to make sure it was communicated here is, you know, the idea of where does money come from, you know, and, you know, of course, people talk about Fed Reserve and things like that, but the reality is it's not just the Federal Reserve, it's one system. The banks are uh, in the same situation in the sense that they can create money. Uh, yes. All right, so... Maurice, we have a bad connection, so I'm going to mute you, but I think I'm going to be able to explain what you're saying, that the the fundamental, first the Fed prints money that the government borrows, and so we have what's called a debt-based currency, so it's worse than just fiat money. It's worse than just printing money out of thin air, because from dollar one, the U.S. government treasury has the constitutional authority to issue the money, but they give it to a private corporation, which is the Fed. But that's just the beginning, because when that money gets circulated, immediately put into the bank account of the U.S. Treasury, which has bank accounts in banks, those banks then can lend out 10 times the money that they have on deposit. And that is like a pyramiding scheme that over and over again, it gets built up and built up and built up. But that in itself creates a more debt-centric currency, debt-centric financial system. And I don't know if there is any way out of it that isn't hyper-disruptive. I mean, look at what's happening to Greece. They just want out. And and the ramifications, I don't think we can we can really assess from financial disturbance in Europe to even geopolitical disturbance if they go to Russia for... Uh, a bailout. So once we're in this system, it's quite a clever trick. But uh, I also want to talk a little bit about how some of these boom bust cycles, some say are set up on purpose to, to bankrupt people in debt and get their assets and, and, uh, and make the Ponzi scheme even, even more sinister. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. 
404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Tomorrow is going to be a lot like today with the high of 93 and scattered clouds. The weekend weather on WSB is brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. I'm going to go straight to some calls. Lori and Roswell, you are on with Monica Perez. Hi, Monica. Hi, Lori. How are you doing? Good. I just wanted to say I like your show. I'm on the way home from work, and I wanted to um, comment that I think it's ridiculous. It's, it's laughable the way our country behaves financially. No individual could behave the way our country does. Indeed, it's financially irresponsible and continue on for years and years and years. Yeah, doesn't and, that make you feel like we don't have control over our own government, that this is not something that we would agree to? Well, I feel like in Bush, even though I was a Republican and now I'm more centrist, but I, I, it's a long story, but I, I'm conservative financially, but I don't think the Republicans really are. And, and I, although I think George Bush tried, Jr., and of course, Sr., and I voted for him, but Jr., I didn't. I just think that there were no weapons of mass destruction. He wanted to be reelected for the... Maybe you're a libertarian, Lori. Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, give me somebody that can actually win an election that's in a lip- that is an, a libertarian. Yeah, it wouldn't matter anyway. But I really don't think that one of the you can... I wanted to really comment on, if it's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this is the thing that really is galling to me, is that there are so many countries that we give aid to freely that absolutely detest us. And we are keeping them afloat. We have troops all over the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're spending a fortune of borrowed money maintaining nothing. I was reading a book by Paul Johnson about America that said that the amount of financial aid we give a country is directly correlated to how much they dislike us. And it goes up over time. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Like, I I don't know if it was scientific, but he was terrible, but it's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? Maybe it's actually maybe we're in there. Now, this is kind of down the rabbit hole a little bit, but maybe we're in there. Uh, doing things that the people don't really like. I have a book called Africa Unchained, and it asks, is an economist from Africa, asks us to stop giving them financial aid, that it actually just uh, shores up the power of the people who are first in line to get it, the people at the top, and it it squeezes out the people at the bottom who just want to be laissez-faire entrepreneurs. So it might not be so uh, ironic. Anyway... I'm going to continue this conversation, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, talking about all sorts of issues with a libertarian flavor. But one thing that's very libertarian is uh, personal responsibility, fiscal responsibility. In my opinion, government debt is almost never justifiable. If it is to defend the country against invasion, I can understand it. Or is it, if it's to overthrow a tyrannical government, I can understand it. But as the most productive society in human history, I think that's a fair <laughs> self-evident statement to say about the United States. Right now, it there is no reason for us to have debt equal to our annual production. I mean, that's just, it's obviously a, a decision 
to structure our finances that way. It's not a necessity. I don't even think it's a political thing. I don't even think it's designed for uh, to placate people who want wealth redistribution because the waste doesn't even get it's so wasteful. I've done some numbers on this. It's so wasteful that for far less money, debt, spending, uh, people at the in the lower echelons of economic status could be much better off. So to me, it's it's they it is more likely the banks have such influence over our government that they simply won't stand for a balanced budget. I really that's really how I read it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Debbie in Atlanta. Debbie, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I have a question for you. So we're talking about our government's inability to balance the budget. And most recently, we hear about sanctions against financial institutions and corporations for their misdeeds. When those funds, I mean, to the tune of millions and billions of dollars, when those funds are collected, they are not distributed to the consumer who was harmed. My question is, what is our government doing with that money when they collect? Well, if you have an answer, you can tell me, but then I'll give you my response. Um, I have an answer. I'm asking you the question. Yeah, okay. Well, I... I, I have observed, uh, for example, when TARP came around, this bailout was nearly a trillion dollars. It was meant to bail out the banks because of belly-up mortgages and other stuff like that at the taxpayer's expense. Why would they not take... And I think the polls were like 99% of the people were against it, yet both presidential candidates were in favor of it, flew to Washington to get it passed. I mean, obviously, there's something going on. But with that trillion dollars, why not? I mean, I'm not wouldn't be in favor of this, but why not take that trillion dollars and actually help people bail themselves out of their mortgages? You know, why not give them a little debt forgiveness? Right. So they're not actually using the money for it's obvious that there's a skew towards the people who already have power and access to government decision makers than us who we think they're working for us. So I think that's an example of what you're talking about. Well, look at the recent sanction against AT&T. And I think they agreed to pay like $250 million for um, fraud in the high-speed data connections that they supposedly were providing to the consumer. So they've agreed to pay that money. They get a slap on the wrist. Hey, you did wrong. Nobody does jail time. But when our government collects that $250 million that they've sanctioned against AT&T, where does that money go? I think uh, I think HSBC, the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank Corp, was another one. They were they were uh, laundering drug money. They were um, violating sanctions against Iran, and they got a big fee fine, but nobody went to jail. BP big fees fines for uh, the disaster uh, right. off Louisiana. I I think that it's a it's a bigger question, and I'll and I'll tell you that. Some of those amounts are insignificant. Some are are meaningful. But if you look at what the U.S. government takes in or spends, let's say, it's like six or seven or more than that trillion dollars. And almost all of it with I, I think I did the math and maybe you take one and a half or two off the top of all the governments in the in the whole country 
take all public services, take legitimate defense, which I would say would be like maybe $400 billion, which would put us equal to like the next 10 people combined for defense spending. If you take the if you take what's left, like $5 trillion, it's wealth redistribution. It's just paying Social Security, public schools, which is like that. If they, if you actually did the math and just try to distribute, I'm not advocating it, but I'm just saying to understand the question. If you tried to distribute that money to the lowest half of the country, every man, woman, and child would get a check of more than $30,000 after taxes. Every Thank single you. person would have a middle to upper middle class. That would really be an upper middle class lifestyle if they were actually using the money for any any legitimate, any good faith. I wouldn't even say it would be legitimate, but any good faith purpose. That is how I concluded that they are absolutely intentionally not taking the money in order to do what they say they're doing. They're almost taking it and wasting it on purpose so that they can keep the debt going, keep the financial fees going, keep our taxes high so that we never break through, so that we have power to fight them because we have money in the bank. You're always tied to that yoke. No matter how much money you make, the tax bracket goes up, your mortgage goes up. You know what I'm saying? I think it's. I think what you are looking at, what's not making sense, is that they are absolutely not trying to do what they say they're trying to do. The crisis they're trying to solve by creating another crisis isn't something they're really trying to solve. Thank you, Monica. So, <laughs> Debbie, Thank I think that was probably much. probably more of a mind vitamin than you were looking for a big idea of, you know, to mull over. But when when things don't make sense, I just try to take a step back and determine what could possibly be going on. And I looked at this this uh, document called the report from Iron Mountain. Some people think it was fake. Some people think it wasn't. But it was in the 60s. It was supposedly a leaked government document. In any case, it was very telling about how things work. And they talked about the need to waste money. And one of the things they said was you need to waste 10% of world production on defense. You just need to build bombs and blow them up. You need to have a flywheel that'll absorb excess capacity. Crazy stuff like that. Like they... Uh, they actually think of the budget as a way to control society more than as a way to provide the the services and protections that they're being paid to provide, that, the, that we really are not seeing behind the curtain when we just think of what you see is what you get. Um, thank you for the call, Debbie. I'm going to Sumner in Sandy Springs. Hi, Sumner. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Good to talk to you. Very interesting discussion you just finished up. Rand Paul came out with a statement, which I don't know the impact of it, but what he simply said was the federal government could get itself squared away rather quickly as far as the uh, overall national debt by simply freezing federal wages for three years. Now, there's a lot of implications behind that freeze uh, wages, you know, the, the, the effect of it, uh, a lot of people would retire, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, just would like your comment on what you think of that as a proposal. Well, I'll tell you, I did, when I was digging into the budget finances, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I remember being really shocked at how much government spending has skyrocketed over the past 
five or six decades and how little federal government employment has gone up because the real problem is that the money is simply redistributed, that it's not it's not really a jobs program. It's just moving money around. Now, that was my impression of it. So he could be right. But but that doesn't solve the the big problem, which is we have a uh, some combination of socialism and fascism that is unconstitutional. It's just at the federal level, these guys shouldn't have the authority to do what they're doing. So we shouldn't be paying them to violate our rights and steal our money and shuffle it around. Well, our president operates by fiat. You know, the, when he said uh, the uh, all federal uh, contracts, et cetera, uh, must increase the minimum wage to $15. You know, so I guess... I know, and, they, and the Republicans... The Republicans are giving him and his successor more carte blanche authority, like with the Trade Protection Authority, the Trade Promotion Authority, where he gets fast track. I mean, neither party is trying to restrain the tyrannical tendencies of a of a president. You know, I mean, I don't I I, I think you have to see that. I also I think that this this speaks to something that I've noticed and take a couple more calls, but then at the top of the hour, I want to talk about, uh, I've noticed that libertarians, um, mainstream libertarians, I'm going to call them, often come up with policy prescriptions that are designed to kind of keep the system going a little bit longer. And I am not a fan of that. I think that we always have to go back, always, 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 to the principles that are at stake so uh, I'm going to talk about that at the top of the hour. Quickly, I want to get to Keith in Atlanta. Hi, Keith. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I was listening to your uh, statements here earlier and just wanted to throw a couple money, n- numbers at you. Every minute, our government spends $6.8 million. And for every $1 that we spend, we don't have $0.43. Cents. So we're going into debt at a rate of about $2.4 million every minute. We can't tax our way out of that situation. The other thing I was going to say was, listening to your conversations about raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, just to give you an idea of what would happen to our economy, let's just pick an outrageous number, 1000 bucks yeah. an hour. Yeah. 1000 bucks yes. an hour is, well, right, how much is it going to cost you for a Big Mac? Yeah, it totally breaks down when you when you look at when you apply those kind of big numbers. It it just brings out the principle that it breaks down that it's all connected. That those nominal values are not uh, are not the real issue. Exactly. So, at a thousand bucks an hour, your money becomes absolutely worthless. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything for a home payment anymore, but all of your savings just became worthless. Yeah, I think that when you destabilize the system with the fiat money, with the excessive debt, with uh, with subsidizing interest rates, our government, the worst thing they're doing right now, in my opinion, and that's a big statement, is the Fed depressing interest rates. It encourages over-indebtedness at every level. It's a failure. It's a, um, it is interfering with the free market that would impose discipline. That's why I'm a libertarian, because... Freedom imposes discipline. You think it doesn't. You think it's the opposite. You think you get to get away with whatever you want to get away with. It's actually not true at all. The more freedom that really is in the system, 
the faster and stronger the feedback is when you destabilize by spending more than you have or not being able to pay stuff back. Uh, it's very important to get to the bottom line principles. I'm going to take a quick break. Then I'm going to go to John in uh, College Park. And right after that, I'm going to get into what I think is happening to the Liberty Movement at the top of the hour. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Mostly sunny and hot as the work week begins. High Monday, 93 degrees. Weekend weather updates brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. I want to read a tweet I got from old 454. He says, U.S. Fed debt is a tool to redistribute wealth up from the people to the banksters via inflation. That was an excellent use of 140 characters. I'll read it real quick again. U.S. Fed debt is a tool to redistribute wealth up from the people to the banksters via inflation. I could not say that better myself. I'm going to take a quick call from John in College Park. John, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, this is John. Uh, uh, a little bit off your subject, uh, but uh, I got a, a question about uh, uh, our government officials having to uh, register themselves as agents of foreign influence. You know, when uh, Jimmy Carter was president, his brother Billy was lobbying... Uh, oh, for Libya, up, right? For Libya, exactly. And uh, in order for that to, to, to occur, he had to register... Uh, with the State Department, or who, I don't know for sure who. but And Libya to... gave him, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think it was exactly. called Billy Gate, right? Exactly. And then what about, uh, okay, now what about uh, uh, Hillary? She's been uh, raking in uh, bushel baskets full of money from foreign powers, and uh, I think there needs to be some disclosure over that because she was uh, profiting from her official duties uh, in order to... Uh, I'll tell you, a funny... A funny coincidence, since we're talking, happens to talk about Libya, is I had, when I first heard that she, I read a report that she was single-handedly responsible for crushing Gaddafi, even though he was ready to abdicate, she just uh, decided to carpet bomb the country anyway, or whatever, to kind of put it in a nutshell, and I just couldn't figure out why, so I went on the air and I said, could it be as simple as destroy stuff and then um, broker the contracts to rebuild it. I mean, it's so disgustingly mercenary, so just for money, it's hard for me to believe. But then there's all this Clinton cash stuff bubbling up to the surface that indicates it is as simple as that or might be. And that is alarming. Um, Lots more to talk about. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. (laughs) 